0: 10th episode of Lex Talk Music and of course it had to be a little extra special. So today I don't have one but two lovely human beings as my guests and I honestly believe the organization they both work at, Big Bad Wolf, has been a trail trailblazer as far as artist management is concerned in India and how can they not because look at the kind of artists they have managed. The OG indie artist from India. My first guest, well... She has managed and worked with the likes of Parvaz. She is currently managing the legendary Indian Ocean and has been in charge of programming and execution of the music festival Ryder Mania for the last three years. And my second guest, he currently manages India's biggest indie crossover artist, Pratik Yeah, Yeah, the same guy who Obama listens to. And to top it off, has worked with cult names like Pentagram, Karshkali, uh, Medieval Pandits and... Oh man, I can't wait to chat and pick their brains today. So without further ado, welcome to let Talk Music, Yama and Anirudh.
1: Yay! Hi!
0: Hi! So I'm so, I'm really, really thankful to have you guys here. I know it's, I know it's been like super busy for both of you. So it really means a lot that you're taking time out on a Sunday to talk to me. So <laughs> thank you so much.
1: Not at all.
2: Anytime
0: perfect so how's it how's 2020 been i know we're like almost like 4 months into 2021 but i want to know what everyone's take on 2020 has been like how's it been for each of you
1: Yama, you want to go first was <laughs> just going to ask you
0: uh
2: okay but I mean uh, don't uh, don't judge me for it but I'm actually gonna say nice and positive things I know there's a lot of suffering in the world about it but um <laughs> you know I've had a lot of time to just um you know straighten things out in my own head in the sense that the life that we lead, lead otherwise are you know they're so busy and we're always running from one place to another yeah. I actually really did appreciate the break and um In terms of, uh, I mean, I think I saw another side to the artists that we work with, um, Mm. how much sort of patience and how much uh, security they have, you know, in terms of sitting out of gigs for over a year now and still sort of staying strong and making new music. So I'm actually quite um, happy to discover everything that I've discovered in the past year. So, yeah. That's
0: really awesome. Anirudh, how about you?
1: Yeah, it's actually been, um, I mean, to be honest, I think um, 2020 started off without the idea of this COVID being anything, to be very honest. Um, But when it actually hit, um, you know, like we actually like as a collective sort of pushed forward to doing a lot of things, um, Mm -hmm. starting with this project called Life from HQ, which actually Yama runs now. Um, and um, where we basically got it started off with people from our own roster just going live on Instagram because that's what everybody was doing at that point and seemed Mm -hmm. to be the most easy way to access people and just Mm -hmm. to keep people engaged Um, and that sort of like transformed into something a lot larger which Yama can talk about and is something that's very close to all of our hearts but um, for me personally I mean the artists I work with actually were like Yama said I mean uh, have stayed so positive throughout mm. the year. It's actually not easy to have actually like you know spent a year out of actually depending on on gigs, um, mm. and which is the main source of revenue for nine out of ten artists that we work with.
0: Um
1: yeah. and the fact that they were still happy to take the moment to actually think about other aspects of their life mm. um, and sort of look at other things like. Uh, someone like Prateek actually like we got into action more to actually make a music video for a song that was already recorded Um, and the idea was already there but it's just everyone somehow rallied together to actually make that happen and took three months to actually come to fruition but when it did it actually made a lot of impact with Kasoor. Um, Yeah. You know like we ended up signing to um, Electro Records out of the U.S. last year which was a big step for us as well. Um, And you'll hear more about that as things develop in the next year. Um, Yeah, I'm sure. Kamakshi, another artist that I work with, um, actually got down to focusing on what she could do digitally um, Mm -hmm. on her own without even our involvement in a lot of things, where she was literally picking up the phone on friends, on -hmm. people she wanted to write with, collaborate with, things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. and she actually did a lot in the lockdown by writing more music than she's ever done before and -hmm. focusing on things like social media and things like I want to regularly release music. Uh, Mm -hmm. She started this thing called Green Room Sessions where she basically just literally from her bedroom where she set up her home studio, um, played a song um, that was unreleased and just previewed it to her audience because she feels like she had so much music that she wants to share. Um, Right. And that did, that was really special for us. So, I mean, I think the bottom line of it was that everybody sort of stayed positive. And I think that's something that we took away from 2020 that, you know, we don't need to honestly base our lives only and only on live gigs. Um, Yeah. And not having that has forced a lot of artists to actually think a little more out of the box than they would have otherwise, you know. Not saying that we don't love playing live gigs, we don't we obviously all miss it we all love miss the adulation that you get from fans whether it's in a college or whether it's yeah. um, you know at a club it doesn't matter where you're playing um so things like that that you know like for us have been really really special
0: I know and I mean I took I honestly took personal offense when they said you know, uh, entertainment was not an essential service I'm just like how the hell have you managed this lockdown without entertainment and I mean I love the kind of content that uh, artists put out and I know there are some of them who kind of faced like a block and said you know I can't deal with this and so many of them who engaged with like you know their their fans and improved upon their social media presence and it was, I thought I thought it was phenomenal because there was so much of entrepreneurial skills that were shown by indie artists who and who I think like like Raghav uh, and so many other, you know, like even like the upcoming Indian artists who have like made a name for themselves just in this last one year, just surely out of the consistent content that they put out. So I. I have tremendous respect for uh, the artists uh, who like done so much in this last one year. That's insane and a big. I mean, thank you to them. Actually, I mean, I'm married to one, so I know what he's been doing the last one year. So I can, I I can I can I feel it a lot harder. So yeah, but it's good to know that you've had like positive experiences, and I think that's uh, it's 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 a great takeaway from the year on how you can like better equip yourself for like things like this hopefully we will not have more of such complete lockdowns but yeah that's you know anyway
1: um so yeah this is it, this is literally as i'm trying to um, <laughs> have to reschedule a suit um, with the potential of a possible full lockdown again being called in bombing yeah. so yeah it's alive and kicking this thing isn't going anywhere um, you know, so we're I all mean. gonna have to keep keep our just stay ready for whatever we can do.
0: Exactly, know? I think just adapt and move. So
1: yeah, anyway.
0: So um, you know, what I'm really excited about this episode is because I know that artist management in India has people have like the weirdest ideas of it. Like they don't a lot of them, especially from artists themselves, uh, what they think about. Uh, an artist manager and what artist management actually is and uh, how and I've always been curious to figure out how people who are artist managers today especially in India chose it to be their career so I would I really want to know how that journey has been for both of you so you know what let me go with uh, Yama you I'm going to start with you first
2: Uh, okay Um, (laughs) for, for me it's actually um the span of it is much shorter than what Anirudh has experienced. Um, mm-hmm. And it, I actually come from a very, very different place. You know, I, was, I used to be a teacher. Right. And wow. this never ever was a thing, a prospect of any sort for me, you know. And um, so, after a while, I was teaching, you know, uh, during the summer vacations, uh, one of my friends, who's basically very close to uh, Dhruv, who's the uh, who ha- owns Big Jersey. Yeah. 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 So he, uh, you know, I did a small internship and I, during that time, I curated a venue um, for, for about a month, um, okay. you know, where I program uh, programmed artists for that particular venue for like, let's say every Thursday or every Friday. And um, I was just generally, you know, I was more of a listener before and I I was on top of the indie music scene in general because I was uh, very avidly sort of attending gigs and all of that. But um actively this wasn't a conscious choice that hey you know what I might shift and become an artist manager so to say so uh, during this internship though when I was curating these venues and looking at the lives of everybody at office and back then Big Bad wolf used to be a tinier place I mean I don't know if you remember there were like five people sitting out of one tiny room you know uh, and yeah. Um, yeah and I saw what these guys did and how much it uh, mattered honestly you know um, Yeah. And how crucial it was. And, you know, I started thinking about it then. And gradually, uh, the, you know, Parvaz happened. uh, And Parvaz and Big Bad Wolf kind of collaborated. And um, Mm. then that's when it sort of started for me. Mm. And, uh, you know, honestly, I don't know a single person now being in the fraternity for, for a while who actively decided that, hey, this is what I want to do. It's a yeah. lot of around this career, you know? And, yeah. uh, and the shift was, uh, it wasn't easy. Like you shift from a very mundane sort of, um, wake up at an hour, go back to bed at an hour kind of life to this, Mm. um, extremely odd (laughs) living situation (laughs) where you're at a very, very obscure airport in the country at two in the night, you know, so it's a a big shift that happened. And, um, so, but once it did, I kind of, um, started, um, expanding the role and understanding the role better really and Anirudh and Pallavi from my office and Dhruv and all these people were people who actually told me what all it sort of entails to be an artist manager you know and um, yeah. yeah and I mean it's a it's a thing I tell everybody when whenever I'm talking about this particular transition to people um, when I ma- started managing Alien Chutney uh, mm. Uh, was the drummer, said Kuto was the drummer in the band and he actually was like, you know what, you've handled 40 kids in a class, you should be fine with the band, you know.
0: Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to say this. <laughs> so,
2: so I kind of, I actually replay that particular line to myself quite a bunch of times when, uh, when, you know, it's tougher to deal with individuals, you know. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I swear by it, man, like, uh, it's, it's been a fun ride. And I, I guess I'm still learning. I'm not there yet. But um in terms of career and transition, this is largely it, yeah.
0: Yeah, but that that's, I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, going from teaching to, you know, being an artist manager, like completely two different things, but there is, I'm sure there are so many things in common, like, patience is very very key I'm assuming oh my God, yes. so yeah and your ability to listen was also like should, should be like really no, important and
2: just this whole idea of so I've always I've never w- worked with a solo artist right I've always right. been managing practice Band. particularly yeah. and just this whole sort of um, system where you understand that there can be five opinions or six opinions or two opinions to a thing and you know yeah. kind of navigating your way through that finding the the thing that's the best for the artist it's it's been it's a you know it's a strategy I probably learned when I was teaching but it kind of still applies in a very big way you know yeah yeah yeah.
0: that that's so cool (laughs) anyway I mean I mean thank you that's like and I'm sure a lot of people don't know about this so I'm glad that you're talking about it (laughs) so Anirund now I would love to hear what you have to say and how this happened to you and how Big Bad Wolf happened and all of that history
1: well, actually, I was just thinking about it. I think me is eleven years of me doing this. Um, wow. Well,
2: I just want to like. I feel
1: I feel old. My beard's grown white. Um, sometimes I really wonder. Um, it's called wisdom. How I stuck at it? No, no, I don't even look at it as wisdom. In all honesty, I just look at it as you know. I look at it as life experiences, and putting it all yeah. together is what makes us do what we do be- better as we get along, go along, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's changed so much, you know, like when I wanted to be in the music business, I was I was in banking. I went to Hyderabad. Um, I worked at Citibank while I was in a band in Delhi, which was oh. my first real exposure to actually like this whole world of music and business and things that can happen and things like that. Um, And then I decided to leave the band and go to Hyderabad to actually like take a back office finance job because I was like, career really matters. Okay. Um, I (laughs) got there and Uh. the second day I knew I need to get out of here.
0: I didn't get out of
1: here for another year and almost a year and a half. That's Uh. the truth of it. Um, Mm. And I was this weird guy who actually hounded everyone who existed in the music business at that point. Uh, Um, and now when I think about it, I really laugh because I I still have those emails. I still have the email I sent Dhruv back then. Um, Oh, um, this was this was was Dhruv at a very different stage of his life. Okay, Um, so so it was a very different animal that I was dealing with at that time. Um, (laughs) but um, yeah, and then there was this music conference that happened that used to happen in Bombay called Unconvention. Mm. Um, I actually forced the guy that (laughs) give me a 2000 rupee bus ride and whatever, like internship scholarship or whatever. I don't even know why I did it, but whatever. I got on a bus from Hyderabad overnight, came to Bombay, um, to attend that particular conference. And I think I saw some of the best live shows of my life till today on that one weekend. Debian, from wow. Raghu Dixit, Swaratma, Pentagram, mm. Siren Funk. Um, and we oh, had like, Bhyanak Bhayanakmat, Demonic Resurrection, Scribe. All these guys all playing in a church. Uh, like black metal in a church. Imagine that. Um, oh
0: shit. Nice. Yeah. And
1: it was, it was the wildest three days of my life. And it was like, I need to do this. And I somehow... <laughs> Still didn't take the plunge. I quit my job. I went back to Delhi. Decided I'm going to, you know, like study for my GMAT and do all of that. Wow, um, you needed
0: more convincing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's what I'm saying. Let me get to it. The, the next 10 years seems like a blip in front of that. Um, mm-hmm. And then I got this random phone call from the guys at OML saying, you know, we're sort of restructuring and we're looking to hire people. This is back mm-hmm. in the day when OML managed a few bands and did a couple yeah. of events. Yeah. um there was no festivals there was nothing at this point um, dhruv was with them at that time no dhruv was uh, working with them he wasn't yeah, full time yeah. with them but uh, but he was working with them at that point
0: right. um
1: and that's when i joined them um which is 2010 um oh. i still think about like my i still think about if i was my father what would i have thought of my son taking this plunge <laughs> uh after having invested money in his graduation and you know like him going and doing all these finance world things, but my dad was super, my family's always been super supportive. Um, and I quit I went to Bombay, was thrown in the deep end from everything from booking uh, hard rock cafe programming back in the day where we did that for three years. Um, mm. I was uh, managing Pentagram without knowing who was Pentagram. Um, oh I was told Vishal God. needs to be. Go- I was told Vishal is Vishal sir. You need to call him Vishal sir. So I actually called him Vishal sir for the <laughs> first month of working with him. There was a prank played on me by everybody yeah. um, to mess with me. Um, yeah. But I think I have had the most amazing ten years in the business. I think um, nobody nobody can say that you've not had your ups and downs. Um yeah. Every time I was at a college gig with Pentagram, where I would just—it would be two and a half hours of exhilarating music, where mm. the band didn't want to get off stage, and they had to be told, "Guys, it's time. We need to go." Um, <laughs> what fun! All, yeah, yeah. Some of the wildest things. There's a show on on YouTube, which was I think, I like whatever. Like we talk about Instagram and reels and content like that today. Somebody yeah. should go and watch Penta TV today. Maybe yeah. everyone who watches, if that gets shared, I think everyone's going to jail anyway. But um, <laughs> that 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 was one minute, like that was like seven, eight minute videos uh, that we did back then. And um, it was done on two and a half thousand rupees a, uh, uh, an episode. Um, that was what? the cost of a guy. Yeah. The editor, the director, the DOP, everyone. That was the total cost for that project was 2,500 per episode. So paid yeah. by Pentagram for that yeah. content. Um <laughs> And I think I've done like what a hundred college gigs with Pentagram over the years, um, and they were the wildest times ever. Like I have never had from the kind of food we had, from the kind of situations I had to deal with. Um, yeah. I think I I react better in situations today thanks to the experiences I got to do. I got to learn with those guys. Um, nice, you know. And um, Kosh of course, is another experience altogether. Working with those many amazing musicians like
0: yeah. uh,
1: in so many different setups and so many different situations from what we did for coke studio from what we did for the weekenders um mm-hmm. through the years it's just been it's just been a beautiful experience working together um mm-hmm. and uh, yeah the last four years of working with um uh, and then uh, somewhere around 2014-15 i was a little jaded and i was like mm-hmm. do i really want to do this mm-hmm. um and um so i took a break um, mm. and then I came and met Dhruv and then we got talking and then Big Bad Wolf happened right yeah. around that time. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's been, it's been six years now. It's going to be six years this year of the company okay. being around. Oh, um, cool. yeah. and, um, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. It's been really interesting seeing the company go from literally one little bedroom. Um, mm. if that was, I don't even think it was a bedroom, to be honest, <laughs> it was just, uh, <laughs> extra room in Dhruv's house, which was made into an office. Yeah. Um uh and we used to hustle to do everything from gigs for artists that we represented, for things yeah. that we could do for bands. Um and to go from there to actually being the company that we are now, which is not only music focused but entertainment focused. Yeah. Um, yeah. and actually wo- have such a wide roster of talent that we work with in cinema. Um mm. that it's that it's I think I think all of this put together is what shapes us as as a team we're a bunch of crazies like we're literally I think right now I don't know Dave's been lucky (laughs) enough to find the right Right. HR person for us but um we're actually like 23 crazy people who have never (laughs) made a CV in our lives probably and now you know like we're actually going to look for somebody to work with us I really pity that guy like pity the person (laughs) who's got to work with us but maybe it's a privilege for the guy to actually like work with so many wild nuts. All of us yeah. are weird in our own way, and I think that's what makes us an amazing place. I mean, Yama can vouch for that.
0: I know. I mean, I can. I mean, I can. I can just sense it in like the joy that you have just talking about your work, and that's like very few people have that kind of luck. So that's great. Yeah. Yama.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been it's been <laughs> lovely. I mean, the past few years.
0: I mean, the
2: gratitude and the joy that we feel at Big Bad Wolf, I think uh, it's actually, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure if you talk to us for like two hours straight, you'll probably get annoyed at that because we're full <laughs> of, you know, because I think we've all, like Anurudh says, we're a bunch of very, very peculiar people who have somehow managed to fit very well with each other mm. and uh, with the artists that we work with. It's a very, very fun yeah. movement, you know,
0: yeah. One thing, uh, what I've realized is, I mean, uh, as an artist manager you can't just be like a regular audience oh I'm interested in music kind of person because you're dealing with creative people and they are all nuts so you also have to be a little nuts and so that's perfectly fine I completely get that explanation <laughs> so that's great so uh, because I tried my hand at artist management so to speak in quotes mm-hmm. I was managing my husband so it I don't know if that really I mean we weren't married that time, but uh, mm-hmm. I realized that
2: it's, it's we just, just say that I don't know if that really counts. I kind of want to assure you and, and take a moment and tell that it it yes. really does count. Yes, absolutely.
0: I've mean, since this is being recorded, I'm sure he's gonna to listen to it at some point. So yeah, thank you for saying that. On record. But but the thing is, you know. You have like, you know, all these myths around artist management that, you know, having a personal relationship with your artist, does that impact the management part? Uh, do you, is it okay for, the, for a friend or a spouse or like a father or mother manage you, manage an artist or their band? Does that really matter? Like, what what is it like, what are these myths that, you know, people have around artist management? And I feel that Big Bad Wolf has, you know, kind of busted quite a quite a few but um and you kind of brought this kind of professionalism to artist management which i don't think there exists in any other firm i don't i can't even think of any other firm that does the kind of work that you guys do but i would like to hear from you like you know what do you think really works for an artist manager how's it how have you made it work with your artists
2: anirudh um yeah i think yeah. i Anir, think Anir, um, yeah,
1: I think it it starts with... Obviously, it starts with... Hey, I like your music and I want to work with you. Or I like what Mm. you do and I know I can help you build. Mm. Um, It comes down to a lot of common sense. Which sometimes Mm. nobody says those things. It's just assumed that, yeah, you know, we're going to do this. But it comes down to the basics many Mm. times. Um, And it comes down to, you know, like two people actually being able to function... Professionally, creatively, uh, mm. you know, like together in so many different capacities. You know, like um, there's another colleague of mine who works with me who's now been working with Kamakshi for a year. And mm. um her being in the system has changed the way Kamakshi approaches what she does. And that's a relationship that, you know, is can only happen when two people relate to each other somehow.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, because there's no money we're talking about. There is no money. I mean, mm. for the last mm. year, all of us have really not made any money for mm. our artists or for ourselves at some level. Um, mm. And somehow we've been able to survive as a business thanks to everything that Dhruv's been up to. Um, mm. But from a practical point of view, I mean, I think what works, those are the most important things, which is like, you know, a an artist and a manager being able to relate to each other, being frank mm. and open with each other um, mm. and not letting the ego come in the middle of a conversation. You know, Mm. I think is a very big part of the puzzle. Um, Yes, what you said about like, artists are artists and they need to be creative for them Mm. to be able, and they need to be a little nutty for them to have chosen that they want to be artists in the first Mm. place. Mm. It's Mm. the most vulnerable, crazy, um, wild place to be. Um, You could totally fall on your face and fall flat. And I think... um, for a manager to understand that in whatever way is needed for whichever artist you're working with. It's not a one-size-fits-all strategy that works um, with any artist, you know. Um, You have to find those different ways of working with different people um, and make it work, you know. Like, um, sometimes it won't work and that's also okay, you know. Like, you'll call time on a relationship at some point, but... um, We've had very few of those, you know, in, mm. in the last so many years of working with artists. Like, um, so, I mean, like, that's my two bits about, you know, being mm. an artist and being an artist manager, you know, um, yeah. is to separate the, like you they said, like, is it, yeah. okay, is it okay for a husband and a wife to be working together? Yeah, why not? If they can actually make it work. Yeah. I don't see yeah. anything wrong yeah. with that, but we, I haven't seen it really work. In a lot of yeah. situations, um, the <laughs> traditional structure, the traditional structure of entertainment in Bollywood was that, right? Where mm. you had a cousin, or you had a secretary who was in house with the actor, and he mm. was the one going looking for work for the actor. Versus yeah. the way it's built into now, where there is the world of an agent that exists who can actually go hustle for projects without actually having anything to do with your personal life, ideally. Okay. But practically, they all have something to do with it. So there's nothing you can do about it, you know? So, yeah. So, yeah. That's that's my my thought about this yeah. whole, like, that, can an artist and a, be, have a personal relationship with a manager? Sure. But if you can keep your boundaries in place, great. If you can't, then it yeah. becomes a little hard to work with each other, you know?
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, Yama, I mean, I don't know if you... Because uh, I, I, I read this somewhere that, you know like as an artist manager you know it's not just about getting your artist more gigs or whatever right like it's about yeah. like anirudh said having a connection with them relating to their music and uh, maybe i guess also kind of being a friend a lot of the times because i mean for them the artist and their work are like they're so interconnected that you it's very difficult diff, like difficult to like segregate the two right so it's kind of personal to, them at some point so how have you dealt with that like have you had instances where you've just been like you know uh, am I supposed to be doing this as an artist manager like is this too personal like how how am I going to like you know, handle I actually have
2: uh, a very um, sort of long and meandering stories around this but uh, if I had to really sum it up I, I really would uh, I think it's actually a beautiful sort of insight that you get into the careers of the people that you manage if you're friends mm. with them I think it offers a world of perspective you know so mm. or, so when I started with Parvaz right I was mm. 23 you know mm. and mm. Um, and they were 29 30 you know and and mm. they were and I was straight out of college and mm. um, I had to really understand them as individuals, as a friend, like I would uh, anybody I was getting Mm. to know in order Mm. to do my job better, you know. Um, And even now, somebody like a Rahul Ram in Indian Ocean, he's exactly Mm. 30 years older than me, you know. Wow. And how, how else would I ever have any perspective into the way he views the world if I didn't know him on a personal tangent, right? How do I, I need to know whether or not he's comfortable with XYZ things, you know, to be able to really make the best uh, sort of curated experience for him also, right? So, I mean, I'm on the far end of the spectrum where I think it's actually sort of crucial that you are some sort of friends or some sort of, you know, buddies with the people that you manage. Because, uh, you know, otherwise, it's a very skewed half View that you have of their world, you know, Mm -hmm. and like Anirudh said, you know, I think it's it's a place of great vulnerability in the sense that when I, I mean, I've seen bands that I manage go on stage and perform for, you know, 20,000 people and also for five people, some of whom are not interested, like these private functions and stuff like that. Where yeah. uh, people just don't care about a really, really great guitar solo, you know, they're there to have fun or party, you know, and mm. nobody's listening to them. So the kind of vulnerability it takes to actually get on the stage at that time and do your best, you have to be that person who's standing in the middle of 20,000 people also and five people also saying that, hey, man, I'm rooting for you. You're doing this for us. We are making money. We are doing yeah. this for our careers and we need to stick to it and not give up, you know. and. Yeah. Uh, so, and I don't think that any anybody who's completely disconnected from from the work that they do can ever offer that, you know. Mm. And I mean, I'm a I'm really big on metaphors, man. And I mean, <laughs> would you rather have a doctor who basically is completely detached and numbed out from the from the treatment, and versus the doctor who's actually, you know, who gives a damn about whether or not your health you is get good. better? So yeah, it's sad, it's and I. I mean, I, I, in fact, I never want to be that manager who's completely disconnected from the people that their artists are. You know, I mean, yeah. the first thing, and uh, even for me, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of um, bargaining room. You know, like I need to know about a few things, their stand on a few things in the world, and their opinions on on uh, you know just women in general in space in this music space and all of that to know that mm. you know, these are the people I can sort of really uh, respect and work with yeah. versus just somebody who's uh, you know yeah. signing papers and, and doing yeah. calls
0: so I, I'm yeah I'm of the
2: opinion that it's actually almost necessary
0: yeah actually I mean I'm glad that you brought that up. I I don't really like doing the whole, oh, you're like, you know, one of the few female artist managers, but it's unfortunately the truth. (laughs) So what, uh, have you felt any difference in the way you've been treated because you're a woman in the Uh, music industry?
2: Most definitely. I mean, I think if I said Mm. no, I would be talking from the male gaze, right? Um, Mm. Because, um, so I know opportunities at large the way they come they come for the artist and not because who the manager is but when mm. you're on ground, um there are things that are different for for women than for men you know and mm. uh, sometimes they're good sometimes they're bad sometimes it's just um, you know let's say a sound vendor insisting that hey, madam you cannot pick up that piece of gear let me do it you know sometimes it's that mm. or yeah. and sometimes it's hey you know what i'm gonna talk all over you I'm not gonna let you speak. It's a it's a thing. I've sure. had. Um, I mean, there have been shows uh, where, you know, the entire production crew, the entire uh, sort of uh, vendors, everybody is basically uh, male, and and. I'm trying to say something specific which I know from the band's perspective from the artist's perspective which nobody is ready to listen because they don't think I know enough and you know coupled with the fact that I was 25 and you know a girl it always kind of popped up but um, but what gave me uh, strength in all of these situations was that my workplace is the exact opposite my artists are the exact opposite you know so they have constantly been the kind of people who are like you know what ask her she knows her, her deal you know so just yeah uh, and and I'm like so many times Anarod and Drov at office have basically stepped away from it and said that why are you calling me about something Parvaz or why are you calling me about something Indian Ocean you need to talk to her because Mm. she knows it and so I mean I was lucky that way but uh I mean of course I wouldn't lie that there are things that (laughs) that could do better you know
0: (laughs) yeah I mean I completely understand and like you said I think it's it makes so much of a difference to have that kind of an enabling environment where you know the people the the men in the the scene are actually like you know saying uh yeah you need to like you know do what you have to do and you need to go to the people you have to like speak to and she is in charge so you speak to her and I think that's that is the role that the the majority has to play right now to like kind of you know Be an make ally it, yeah. yeah like a better space for, for like women in the industry which is great although it
2: is not so bleak anymore i think it's getting yeah now.
0: yeah it is you know? i that definitely and i and i genuinely feel that the indie industry is a lot more um i think sensitive to these issues and it's not just about being woke and being cool and they they are act, actually aware of it they take serious offense to people being treated in like basically being discriminated against and i and i'm so glad that we have that part of the industry as well so which is great um and you know, like what has your experience been in terms of like you know what is your what, what is what have been your biggest turning points or lessons like since you you've like the kind of people that you've worked with and you've you know, interacted with, uh, the, and in the context of women in the industry as well, uh, any turning points which you've had and something which has like taught you a very important lesson, which you have, which has helped you become like a better professional, both in, 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 on all aspects, like including like how you're treating women, and their importance in the
1: industry. Um, You know, to be very honest, I don't think any of us thought about it that way. Um, Mm. Because where I worked at before this, which was OML, as well as where I work at today, women were always in key positions in the business. Mm. Um, And have always been an integral part of the business. Like, Mm. um, I mean, even in Big Bad World, from that point of view, I mean, Yama can vouch for that. But like, we've sort of like always looked at I've never looked at it differently you know that hey you're a girl so you can't be a tour manager or that you know you can't lift gear simple things mm-hmm. like that Um yeah. you know I don't think are things that need to be thought of in fact I personally think women bring a dimension to the business that we as men can't bring mm-hmm. I very openly feel that very strongly um, thank you for saying a, that there is there is a very like creative sort of bent that comes from the way they look at life differently from how we look at it and it's not right or wrong it's just it's just different and i think their their capabilities their bent of mind their drive their desire to want to do things as much as we do is showing now across the business in so many different ways i mean um i i believe that's something that i very strongly believe um women are equal party to whatever we do you know so Um, I don't know if it's one particular thing per se but um, I mean there's so many different situations where I felt like what I mean correct me if I'm getting the question correct but like Mm. we're talking about like a life decision which made me feel like women were important right that's what you're asking right
0: yeah and especially in the professional in your as your as a artist manager
1: Yeah, like I personally think, like I work very closely with this, with my, um, with a girl called Deepika, who we hired last year and who joined the crew. Um, And she's been very, very, very supportive. And she comes with a different sort of energy. She's 23. um, So it's a different energy altogether from us oldies at 35. Um, But I also think she comes with a creative thought process that makes all of what we talk about sometimes very, like clear and very Mm. different. Um, Mm. And that value is something that I have seen from very close corners in the last year as something that has been really special. Uh, Mm. Whether it's her way of working with people, whether it's her way of working with situations, whether it's her way of just being organized and like focused and creative at the same time, uh, Mm. while looking at it from an admin point of view, I think has been really interesting to observe. Um, Mm. Even if it's not like we've not... Like the truth is that we've all worked remotely for the last twelve months, yeah so much that yeah. um a lot of us are actually taking a moment to actually adjust to the potential of going back to office yeah. in the traditional sense <laughs> yeah. um and we actually, as a business worked a lot anyway remotely as a yeah. it wasn't really structured that way, but it was like if I was in Bombay, you were in Delhi, we got on a phone and got things done, you know it was never yeah. a. We never had an office in Bombay. So like for us, it. Mm-hmm. but we always had half a team in Bombay. So, or especially in the last three years. So um, we've never had the issue of an office being the thing. It's just that it's easier to work with human beings physically when you're sitting next to them. Yeah. Um, we had a random meeting in October where uh, Deepika happened to come. And that was the first, I think the third time that I ever met her in 9 months okay. of us working together at that point um, my God. and she went back and we spoke on on the phone 2 hours later and she said this yeah. feels normal like yeah. i am not used to hearing your voice from behind my head it's <laughs> weird so yeah. um so i think you know like all of us have had a very strange experience of working remotely in the last year um yeah. and i think um i i mean coming back to what you were saying about like I don't have a one single sort of experience per se, but I definitely feel this as a cumulative thing of having worked with so many women over the years that I think yeah. they just bring a different energy to the table that uh, changes the changes the dimensions of how we operate and how we yeah. function as a, as a team and as a collective and as a unit. Whether it's in an artist situation or whether it's in a touring situation or whether it's in a project-based situation, we do face... The male ego, I presume, in so many different situations, whether it's yeah. the way clients talk to us, because yeah. they're so used to, you know, just pushing their point through, like Yama said. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's our job as people who've been around for a bit to push, you know, like for Enable, the fact that yeah. we feel like, you know, like that women need their place in the world, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: Thank you. I mean, and deserve it
1: really... more than <laughs> yeah. need. Deserve it. I mean. <laughs> that's that's what
0: I'd say yeah thank you because I mean I think it's so important to have enablers around you and it's like uh understanding your role as the enabler so and that's pretty key so uh, thank you for that Anirudh and it's just um I think it's like I think the more we talk about it, like it's still there's there's so much that I can go on about uh you know how women are placed in like across industries and how they are perceived and all of that. but um, coming back to each of your careers as artist managers um have have you each had any turning point? it could have been like a really uh like one big event which either made you want to which has probably like shaped the way you have turned out to be as artist managers. Like it could be like one or two incidences, which were like, which, which you can think of very clearly, you know, like which have made a significant impact on, on you as a professional. Could you highlight them? And it'll be, it'll be fun if you could like make it like an anecdote. Like it, I would love to hear some gossip. I mean, <laughs> so yeah. Um, Who who wants to go first? Yama, do you want to go first? Sure.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay, so I'm looking at it in a more sort of personal improvement and uh, my own character development as a professional artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to just sort of uh, keep this uh, from my perspective and um, I speak for no one, uh, but uh, honestly, so uh, when I, there's a, there's one big thing that kind of uh, came to light uh, now this this year last year that I uh, you know I mean when I started out it was uh, almost as if um, in the ecosystem of artist and manager and booking agents and promoters and the entire scheme of things uh, the interests of um, the artist manager was basically the last in the pyramid you know in the sense that um, whatever you did whatever you planned the idea of self is very shaky, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it can be a small little example of um, when an artist kind of wants to do a certain thing, you kind of um, make it happen, you know, versus uh, your opinion could be completely contradictory. You know, you could you could believe that this might not be the right time for a thing. But, mm-hmm. but I have, I think in the past year and a half, realized that this whole, uh, you know, this whole putting yourself the last doesn't cut it anymore if there is an instinct that you mm. have and if there are um, you know if you trust your guts there are things that you need to start putting your foot down about you know um, yeah. and it doesn't necessarily have to be this skewed sort of version of a food chain you know where mm. um, it doesn't matter what your perspective on a thing is you kind of have to make it happen because the artist said so you know Mm, I've mm. uh, so that way you know I think it comes more naturally to men sorry Sandhya I'm kind of drawing back again and again to that no no
0: no it's it's quite quite important so yeah Uh,
2: but you know this idea of the spread the space that you need to take uh, with Mm. your opinions within a system I Mm. think that's only dawning on me now so as a as an artist manager I have Uh, if I had to sort of really uh, dumb it down and say in a line I would say that I've started to trust my instincts more and I know for Mm -hmm. a fact that I need to start acting on them versus just Mm -hmm. kind of uh, being the background music you know Um, Mm -hmm. and, and that's really changed a lot of things in the sense that I'm able to uh now fully sort of put my perspective across and have the artist give me the ear. and again like I think it kind of goes back to Indian Ocean a lot of the times because you know Mm -hmm. in a room full of uh, people who are much much older than you and you're sitting there and you're talking about these different ideas that you might have for them it's Mm -hmm. not uh, it takes a very very big person to actually give you the room that you deserve you know so yeah uh, And I started getting that with Indian Ocean and I feel really much more empowered as an individual with opinions than I did before. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, the transition would be from a person who's basically handling logistics and, uh, you know, running a machine, oiling a machine to somebody who actually has a direction that they want to take you in, you know. So that entire shift has been I mean, I owe it to 2020, I I think, all this time and all this perspective. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's largely the big takeaway that I've had in the past few months, you know.
0: Okay. So that, yeah. That's And like you said, like you rightly said, uh, that your interaction with Indian Ocean and how them giving you that space, that how important that is, is mm-hmm. just so, I mean... And, that I, and it just makes so much more of an impact on me right now because these are musicians that you look up to, you listen to, you love you love yeah, their music. So and that, that, that's, yeah. a, that's a big
2: part of it, you know. So because much
0: more respect, yeah.
2: an act like that is uh, with an act like Indian Ocean. Uh, and mm-hmm. even, I mean, I was a big fan of Parvas before I started managing them, right? So even yeah. there, there was this, uh, once you get past the haze of being in awe of an artist, you yeah. start to <laughs> Individuals, the and yeah. then your work begins you know and I, I think uh, that journey should not be so long and meandering it should be a much quicker sort of journey where you're like okay this is great but now yeah. we've worked this sort of a situation you know yeah. in fact yeah. I, I read this article in Vice I think a while ago about how uh-huh. uh, artist managers actually have a very very shaky self-image you know where um, because their opinions are so focused so like imagine if your reflexes were focused on somebody else's stimulus you know like yeah the problem so I need to solve it for them so you sort of dissolve in the background and to not do that to keep standing out to keep giving your opinions to make them count all of that is a big journey you know Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a bigger journey for as a woman so yeah. it's a it's a thing that I think if um, somebody kind of if there was anything of of semblance to formal education for this thing, you know,
0: mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. this is
2: the first thing I would tell people that do just don't be the background noise. You're you're here for a reason, and your opinions count, and you need to start stating them. You know.
0: Mm.
2: So yeah, I think I'm finally there, which makes me feel very empowered and very good. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's largely the big shift I'm talking about in my career also
0: that's great that, that's wonderful Yama I mean I'm, that's what really I'm really happy to hear that because it takes a lot to like reach to that point so congratulations I'm, I'm sure it's like well deserved so yeah Anirudh why don't you tell us about uh, what was your I mean anything that that made a significant impact on you that kind of affected the way you started looking at your career so I like think you, yeah
1: yeah so to be very honest with you i think i spent a larger part of a lot of of the last 11 years actually working with people who are much older who are who'd been around in the business longer than me not really that much older but more like you know being being around in the business longer Mm. so i sort of like like yama said in a lot of situations ended up basing my decisions on their judgment Mm. versus pushing forward my own judgment in a lot of situations Mm. um and I think the most important thing that I think I've learned, especially in the last three years of working with an artist like Prateed, um, mm. has been that the artist needs to want, needs to understand that this is not a one-way street. Mm. Um, an artist and a manager working together is always going to be a two-way street. Mm. And we should be discussing random things and arguing about things mm. as vague as a simple artwork. Or it Mm. could be as massive as a full-on tour. And Mm. dealing with situations along the way. Um, Mm. I think what I learned in the seven years of working with everyone from Kirsch to Pentagram to to the pundits to, um, you know, everybody um, helped me do what I do with Pratik a lot better because of the fact that I understand that perspective and that situation. But I also know his perspective is very different from Dez, where he wants my opinion. He wants Mm -hmm. to listen to what I'm up to. He wants to know the things that I'm up to, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, like Yama said, I think it boils down to the fact that two human beings need to want to listen to each other and work with each other. um, And understand that, yes, I have a personal relationship as being your friend as well. But on the other side, I am your business ally. So Mm -hmm. I will always have your best interests. First and foremost, and why would I push you to ever do anything that you that is not right for you? You yeah. know, like <laughs> um, I think important. that no. that that trust that trust is very important between two human beings, um, mm. and it needs to be a very open two-way sort of like discussion about things. It could be like you know, like and then the artist and the manager actually going with the flow a little bit and trusting the trusting the process a little bit you know yeah, um, there's no guarantee that you know we're gonna take a decision today and it's going to always work it may actually fail and mm-hmm. we should all be ready for that many times it won't but our nine out of ten times it won't one that one chance that it fails we deal with it and be open about the fact that that's how it is and that's life yeah and that shit happens. Um, yeah correct yeah i mean that's the business we're in and Going back to actually your previous question also a little bit and bringing it back here um, was the whole perspective of knowing your ma- artist and your and the manager relationship mm-hmm. like Yama said I totally agree with that I think if there is a personal rapport between an artist and a manager it's mm-hmm. a lot easier for both of them to relate to each other many times if communication stops for mm-hmm. a long period of time um, mm-hmm. it becomes a little hard you know, to, to you know, get things through. And sometimes the communication tools we use like WhatsApp and all are not the most ideal situation because what mm-hmm. is in text yeah. is very different from how it gets perceived in tone over um, a phone call um, or in a, in a face-to-face meeting, you know? So yeah. Um, yeah, like it's a sum of all of those things that makes us who we are. And I think that's where we'll add value to artists and yeah. their careers um most importantly we're not here to we are your friend and we love working with you but we are here to do a job and we are here to you know make business happen and that's why we exist and this is the business um Mm. and that conversation at a very open level to happen between an artist and a manager is very very crucial and I think it's something that very few people actually like talk about that way you know because the nature of the way things run in India, everyone's like trying to race, to play gigs, to hustle, to make enough money, to survive, to do all of those things that we don't end up sometimes just breaking it down and saying, Hey guys, can we take a moment and actually scale it back a moment and actually talk about like this,
0: like what should
1: we be doing on socials? Even if we're touring, what should we be doing on um, from a release point of view, even if we're touring and Mm. how, you know, what can we do? That's different. I mean, We're having some business conversation and planning conversation internally within the business that we've never done in 11 years. Mm. Um, But it's important because it helps us do what we do better. And those conversations need to happen with your artists as well because that's when they know that, hey, these guys really mean what they're talking, you know, like, Mm. um, and they're not here to just hang around and be my roadie, you know? Yeah, and
0: that's about getting, setting those expectations right no like that communication like you said is key so yeah. it's not like you just yeah. assume what your artist wants and shouldn't be the other way around as well so <clears throat> so yeah so i mean and now since both of you given the kind of artists you manage i'm sure you have had interactions with international artists uh, tour managers artist managers abroad what is the difference you've seen in how the people outside india deal with this within their industry and versus what we see here what has been like the most striking difference you've seen? Anir, please
1: enlighten us. Um, I, I've actually been working and talking a lot with a bunch of managers out of the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I obviously have a co-manager with Pratik out of the US. Her name's Nicole. Um, and our way of working is very hands-on and very like, we, she handles her bit of things, I handle mine. Um, mm-hmm. But when I talk to like artists, managers who manage international artists and not Indian artists and their perspective on things, yeah. um, it's, um, there. This business is very structured. Mm. You know, you have a manager who is supposed to manage the business and then you have, all your career and it's not all revenue focused. Then you have an agent who is supposed to do the job of getting you gigs. Then you have a, yeah. you have a publisher who is supposed to go and find you syncs. Then you have a label who is supposed to also go and work the music and build all of that. Um, yeah. Whereas here, it's literally one guy running around doing everything. Yeah. We, are the, we are the whole soul. And this is something that is a very, very different conversation when we have these conversations. They're like, oh, really? Like publishing doesn't exist in India? And we yeah. have to like break it down to them that this is where we're at. We're literally at ground zero, somewhere where you guys were in the 60s. Um, yeah. So that's how archaic our systems are. And, we're all pushing forward to hopefully move it into the 2020s very quickly, but, you know, it'll take some time. Um, But explaining that and looking at it from that perspective um, and their way of dealing with things is very different from how, like one manager comfortably over there manages five or six artists. Um, But they're as involved in the lives of their artists. Um, It's not like they aren't as involved as we are. Um, It's just that they're not taking care of like, your food and your phone bill you know what I mean sometimes we've <laughs> we've gone and dealt with those situations where we're like why am I doing this again like it's not the job of the artist manager to do that but
0: yeah hey,
1: it's the only way to get things going and Yama has seen this on closed corners in my life so um, <laughs> I mean so cool. I, I, yeah so I mean like I don't think I think the perspective is very different and the way things are done is very different in both places there's, mm. And it's wrong to compare both situations because I think the situation is different there versus yeah. the situation is different here. However, mm. at the same time, I feel like um, there are things we can learn from them, which is, mm. you know, in the way of how they've built a structure and a system for how to work with artists and how to work with more artists and impact mm. more lives. Um, and that is where I think we'll we're taking a moment to actually figure out how to go there as a business yeah. you know, and, uh, and as a team. And it's also for the artist to understand that, hey, my manager is not only working with me because mm. I don't have him on a retainer and a salary. He's mm. literally, you know, he's available to me at a time that is convenient for him. Not always, you know, like pick up the phone and call and the manager is available to you. So mm. um, that being said, we're mostly always available.
0: Uh, mm. That's,
1: uh, <laughs> I don't think that changes, but yeah. I'm just saying like, from an idealistic point of view, you know, you try and bring some structure to the business for the artist to understand it as well as for business in general to understand it, you know? So, um, every, like, like in the U S everything's done on email and on, and on, you know, like very conveniently, people don't talk to each other for weeks and they get things done in India. If you, if you don't WhatsApp, some reply to a WhatsApp Hmm. message, you'll get, you'll be like, what's wrong with you guys? Like, 7pm how could you have not replied to me I got called on 31st of December last year in mm. the middle of the pandemic saying I want to do a show sometime in February and I literally told the guy I said dude it's 31st of December I'm back in office on the 2nd of January let's talk then there's yeah. no pressure I yeah. bet your client's not expecting a response on 31st of December and the answer I got is I work with my artist 24-7 um, 365 days a year I said great for you yeah you know, like, <laughs> uh, but that's yeah, true. and but if but if i don't reply right. to that client the yeah. argument is also internally within a system so, that hey you should be responsive no matter what happens and ah. uh, mm. that's where you know it's about balancing your your mm. dream of Mount what race. it should be to what it actually in reality is you know mm. so yeah i mean all of us have dealt with this i think yeah. at different levels and um, do
0: you have you felt like uh, you there is maybe a greater respect for boundaries and personal time off when you're dealing with like international, uh, infrastructure versus
1: local, uh, crew? Yeah, they don't work on weekends.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly right. Yeah, I, 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 I want to hear this from. I won't you get it with
1: that. So, <laughs> yeah. so ever since I started working with the label, um, yeah. clients in India need to deal with them yeah um, so i'm having to like guide them and handhold them and say guys i'm here you can talk to me just letting you know you won't get a reply from them till tuesday because they will come back to office on monday Correct. talk internally mm-hmm. talk to me So by the time you get a response it'll be tuesday morning your time so yeah. don't send an email on friday send it on monday only so you'll get a reply on tuesday just hang on so exactly it's about yeah. understanding those ways of functioning uh we don't do that here. You know. we get a call on sunday on whatsapp for a gig and you're <laughs> responding to the person because if you don't respond that gig may actually go to somebody else yeah um so and that is unfortunately the reality and it's a hard one to break you know that's
0: mm-hmm. okay yama what but, about yeah. you have you faced similar things and oh yeah, them.
2: I I have similar anecdotes like what Anirudh was just talking about. I mean, I remember last year, sometime uh, mm. early, uh, I was um, in some B town, basically checking the band in of uh, well, and uh, while I was on a call with this major OTT platform lawyer I'm <laughs> uh, uh, talking to deal, oh. right so uh, while I'm in the middle of this licensing negotiation uh, you know there is this some whiny sound engineer will in the one corner be yelling about bro I'm not able to check in bro you know so I'm just like hey you know what hold on one of you yeah. we'll figure yeah. it out so it's, uh, it's such a chaotic sort of uh, space that I don't even know where to begin about these things you know I mean I was just in that particular moment also I was very struck by the whole irony of it all that who is (laughs) the biggest stakeholder here the angry engineer who's supposed to play the show tonight with the band or the uh, you know the 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 platform that I'm talking to about hefty money and like it was a big important deal and uh, so that way it's really unstructured. Um, but you know, like I'm, I'm big on um, you know idiosyncrasies, man. I think I think I take it pinch of salt and I go about it, you know. Because uh, <laughs> that's okay. I'm not used to it. I think that's our little Indian version of the hustle that we talk about, you know.
0: Yeah. But like if, I just...
2: would, if there was one thing I could sort of um, really work around, it'd be that kind of structure that Anirudh is talking about, right? Having the booking agent do this job and and somebody handling yeah. social media and somebody keeping tabs on numbers in general for streaming, etc. And somebody doing the touring part of it, that yeah. sort of, I mean, that's the bigger dream, you know, right now. Uh, yeah. But whatever it is, this is a little um, version of yeah. what we have, you
0: know? Yeah. No, and and the thing is, I mean, I want to let you guys in on something which I had planned, like how I got into this whole, like how I got into music and, you know, the industry. Uh, in 2015, I was supposed to have gone to the US for, uh, to do my master's in media and entertainment law and my plan was to like continue there. This was in LA and, you know. I wanted to like become an artist manager and because there you have attorneys signing off on everything and like your 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 artist management firms and how they're structured it's so like you said it's so organized and you have like a a lawyer signing off on everything and planning it and especially the business part of things Uh, so in my head I was just like and then unfortunately that plan fell through and I continued in India and I thought okay I'll just do what i want to do there over here and then i realized that artist managers over here uh aren't treated or considered the way they are over there in terms of like you know you're supposed to go get get them fruity and you're supposed to get them more gigs and like you know negotiate money and i'm just like wow is this i mean aren't these like very very different functions and you can't really like club all of this to one person because I don't think it will be an efficient process, but I do know that people are doing it and they've been doing it well. But I guess it's also about understanding how to deal with those nuances of the Indian infrastructure and not having that. Okay, we are we need to have like different people do different things. So I slowly, you know, caught up to that. But I guess uh, I guess in due course we sh- we should be seeing a significant change because people have realized that. Being an artist manager isn't just about getting you more gigs. There is so much more at stake. It is about having this person involved in your creative process. It's also having this person advise you and like be your sounding board. And it's just a completely different ball game than just getting you more gigs, right? So um, I think that was like a big realization for me back then. So yeah, so when I'm hearing the stories that both of you had to say and I was just like, yeah, see what I thought was right. It's my, <laughs> it's like a great realization for me. So that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, you're the
2: intern and the boss at the same time. If you're a
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, tell me, I mean, I w- have either of you had like any really funny or special incident with your bands which, you know, like the kind that you'd want to tell your grandchildren some if you have grandkids. <laughs> or if so you many. To. <laughs> oh yeah too so many too many to okay yeah. <laughs> too many huh? okay let's like pick like top two for each of you like something funny and something else really scary or something which will like make people go oh! so yeah
1: <laughs> oh yeah so there <laughs> I is a there. is I'm dude I, there are too many pentagram incidents in my life <laughs> uh, <laughs> that that are hard to you know like why am I not surprised from. Uh, from the point of me being a bouncer for them while they were trying to do a music video shoot on Juhu Beach on a uh, Sunday evening. Oh uh, to, shit. Uh, <laughs> to, uh, and that video never ever came out, by the way. It became oh, a completely animated sad. video after that. But yeah, it, we did it. Um, to, you know, like having to deal with, um, you know, somebody calling me and saying, I'm at the airport. And we've all checked in because, you know, when the person has shown up late, um, mm. I don't have any money with me. <laughs> um, and I have excess baggage. Um, uh. And the jet privilege saving his life somehow because mm. he had some points and jet was kind enough to allow him to use his points against ex- excess baggage um, <laughs> to, um, <sighs> you know, showing up in Agartala. Uh. This was one of the... Wildest college gigs I have ever done. Um, oh, wow! China, it was a gig which must have been in front of twenty thousand people, easily Oops. if not more. Um, this was in NIT where I think this was the first time they were ever holding a festival, so they had no clue what was happening. <laughs> band was happy. Most of the band was happy to go because you know it's a great place to get stuff, um, uh-huh. <laughs> and they went for a couple of days. Um, uh-huh. So the first day I went to the venue to see what's, uh, let's hope everything is sorted. Hmm. I have taken a sound engineer, a light engineer, everybody with me. Um, hmm. And we reached there. The power for the sound and light is connected to the same transformer, which is a basic transformer that all of us have in our home societies. And they've oh literally taken two pa- two wires and just jacked it straight in there. Because they're oh like, sh- this is agar Talaha, There's no generators here.
0: Uh, oh my God. every
1: speaker, every speaker of that system was a different speaker. Every <laughs> light so every time the sound went up, the light would dip. Every time the light went up, the sound would dip. So we decided to keep the lights on and leave it so that at least the sound would be proper. Yeah. So the sound is you know basically chilled the whole yeah. gig. Um, huh? And
0: um,
1: and then <laughs> it was the, and then when it came to sound check, I got to know there are no amplifiers. Um, so luckily, Randolph went straight out of his guitar board. Papal mm. had a had a DI. So he went straight out of his bass DI. Um, mm. They brought a kit for a child for Shiraz to play drums. So I had to be like, no, we need a drum kit. And then the guy whose <laughs> kit it was actually came to me and said, you know, like this kit is something that my child plays on. And he went on. That India has got talent and all of that. You have never seen this show And uh, finally, finally, we ended up, finally, somehow, a drum kit showed up with no sound check. We played the gig. It's the only gig in my entire life that Pentagram has come to me and said, that Vishal has come to me on the side of the stage, what is Like, I can't do this anymore. anymore. I've dragged it along for 90 minutes. That's as much as I can do of this. Um, oh my god so yeah I mean like from yeah. there to actually like um landing in Calcutta Vishal has missed his flight for the first time in all these years
0: mm. he's never
1: missed a flight he missed the flight uh, other people have missed flights he's never missed a flight um, uh-huh. and we've reached the hotel in Calcutta uh, okay. so we've gone from the so if you know the airport in Calcutta it's slightly far out of the city we've yeah, so yeah, gone yeah. from there and reached the venue mm. the hotel actually And when it's time to go for sound, I mean, an hour later, Shiraz calls me and says, where's my snare? I said, it it was with you. And he said, no, I brought it and I loaded it onto the, uh, because we had a system where everybody loaded their own gear. So Uh, he ended up saying, I have my snare, I left it on the trolley. So I had to pick up the phone and call Vishal in 2013. Uh, where Vishal has gone to the lost and found at the airport. Okay, after landing, to uh, find Shiraz's snare. By stroke of luck, we found this piccolo snare, and uh, then brought it to the to the venue when we played the gig. So, uh, all wow. sorts of random shit has happened over the years, and by the stroke of luck, somehow we've not lost anything in all yeah. these years, barring hair. I think hair, hair. is probably the only thing all <laughs> of us have collectively lost. Yeah. But um, and sleep. But yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, Hair I don't think we thought about those things you know like yeah, it yeah. was just a wild ride to be on tour with that band like I have toured with everybody nobody comes close to that like it's not about the money it's not about anything it's about playing in front of kids and yeah. putting on a show and having a blast and I think yeah. that experience is something that for me like I like nobody can give me enough money to actually want to go back for those experiences because Um, It was just, it's just fun. Like, that's what we were doing. I was somehow trying to convince Vishal's studio to not give the dates away for Vishal and Shekhar shows, which Mm. were 20 times the cost of what we were getting paid for Pentagram. uh, Mm. Because Mm. I thought that, you know, Pentagram should play shows and Vishal was like, cool. So he didn't care about the money. It was all about the fact that I love this. This is who we are. And we're going to have fun. So I think... Yeah, I mean, for me, like, experiences like that, you can't replace. with. Yeah, priceless, no, yeah. If everything else is
0: MasterCard. (laughs) Sorry, it was very lame. But, Yama, tell me about, uh, you know, something that really, like, which Uh, is burnt into your memory.
2: (laughs) There's so many things. And actually, I'm listening to Anirudh and I'm constantly kind of going back on... Um, how similar everybody's existence is when you're touring, you know. Uh, yes. so all these uh, band members being marooned at airports and <laughs> at and being held at security because you know you look a lig- little ragged because you haven't slept in three days and uh, you know vendors showing up without the right gear and things. Oh not God! Started. Yeah. All of those things—they are, I think, they as annoying as they are when you're in it. I think. Uh, it's common to all of us, you know, and, um, mm. um, you know, I, a uh, couple of things, man. I mean, with um, Parvaz, we had gone to Srinagar to actually play a gig and none of us actually, because, you know, uh, it's very, um, it's a, a very unorganized sector, even more so than the rest of the country over there. So, mm. because not a lot of uh, non-government functions really happen there, right? You don't
1: say You don't
2: say. Okay, let's not. Okay, I'm
0: just
2: uh, (laughs) just telling
0: you that. Thanks, Yama. But
2: but yeah, so we actually, so nobody was basic, until we landed there, until Uh, we reached the venue, we weren't really sure it's going to happen. Okay. Oh my God the gig happened oddly and on the way back uh, when we were you know with like 120 kgs of gear that looks very odd like nothing like usual luggage oh we got started, shit like, bigger, bigger security and um, you know At one point, the guy, the security um, person just basically refused to believe that what it was, what it was, you know, so they're like, okay, open it up. So in the middle of nowhere, Khalid is basically opening up his pedal board and uh, what are these wires and why is these, you know, these lights and all of that. And then they opened up Sachin Snare and they were like, what is this? They used to believe they were musical instruments, you know? Yeah, shit. (laughs) what it was they actually and this is the middle of the airport they're actually playing a little snare and this guy is plugging in the guitar and like sir this is what it was so this whole oh my God. is happening at the shinagar airport and they're like so madam why do you have this guitar and all that because you know we divide up the luggage to kind of get through and yeah. all that <laughs> Did you have to play the guitar? <laughs> no, I actually had to sing, sing in Kashmiri because uh, they were like, uh, Yeah, if you're a singer, you know, something, you know, because they assumed I was a female, so singer only, I couldn't possibly, you know, play, play an instrument. But uh, <laughs> so I'm singing in Kashmiri, the only Parvash song that I remember. And it's just. It's the most dystopian, bizarre sight. And after a point, they were like really in it. I think it stopped being just security check and started. It became hazing after a point because they made us sing for a while. So, oh yeah. my God. They were just
0: having, a, they just got a free gig, basically. Yeah,
2: got a free gig, you know. And, yeah. um, and getting out of there, we were like, what just happened? You happened. Know? know, why were we singing for an hour and a half, you know? And just, <laughs> <really> <laughs> <big joke>. Sound <laughs> yeah. check. Yeah, sound
0: check at the airport.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everybody was super excited to have uh, gone back and played in Srinagar and everything. It was damn fun. And um, yeah, yeah and innumerable incidences like that. You know, this is yeah. just one of.
0: Yeah, but seriously, these things like such experiences are priceless, no? So I mean, that way, I think as an artist manager, what you're exposed to is like, I mean, obviously, like for me at least, being an artist manager was the second best thing to. Uh, being an artist myself I mean, it's not like I had those capabilities so I, I just thought you know being in that position witnessing all these cool things and fun things and like even the scary I heart in your mouth kind of moments was like make it so much more special and I was just um I mean, I mean what do you think
2: we should we before Sandhya moves forward should I talk to talk to her about
0: uh <laughs> Please if it's fun if it's no. scary if it's anything please do What about what about
1: Shillong
2: Okay do you not remember the uh, incident at the weekend with beer <laughs> What is no. this Oh my god okay so basically this is uh, I think 20 basically 5 years ago weekend in Shillong uh-huh. and I you know the airport is basically the Guwahati airport is where we land and then we drive Yeah and
0: the- then you drive yeah
2: Right. So, uh, so basically one of the artists that we were there with had to return uh, super early in the middle of the night because, you know, there was an early morning flight. Mm. So I was going, I dropped the artist and I was on my way back to the hotel where Mm. um, two people, basically they were in like police jackets, but the neon ones, uh, they kind of stopped the car and they were like, uh, you know, you can't kind of drive around here and all that. And like, they were super aggressive. And then one them, okay. the one who wasn't talking to us, the one who was standing at the back had a gun, right? So okay. this was pretty intense, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, this is the same year, Arud, you were also there with Karsh. Uh, and uh, so we basically kind of, I mean, I tried to get out of it. they They asked us for a lot of money, me and the driver were basically in the car and uh, oh, you know, they still wouldn't let us go after the money also you know and it was super scary because it was dead in the middle of the night and everything and uh, so uh, you know how i finally got out because uh, i actually took off the. oh weekend.
1: now i remember this one <laughs>
2: right and then we the artist band and i promised him that he if he wears this band he will get all area access and we will get to see papun so he was a huge Papon fan and that's how he kind of, he was like, madam, are you promising me? I'll go get to see. this?" Oh. And the festival was always, it was the last day. It was already over. So he, mm. I mean, I was like, just don't look at the date on it. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. I, I really want to see Papon. I want to sing for him and all that. And like... Uh. I was like, this thug is basically telling me that he's obsessed with Papoon. And I was like, thank God for art for existing in places where <laughs> you think it would exist, you
0: know? Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. got out
2: of it. And I met Papon a year later, and I basically told him that, man, you know, you low key saved my life a little bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
0: that's, these, these are stories that you tell. So this one I'm getting. friends, kids, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah there's fun. one more
1: story, by the way, before we jump ahead. Uh, go for it my first college gig in Guwahati 2011 mm. there's a video mm. on my YouTube channel which is my YouTube channel of mm. Pentagram at AIMT Guwahati which is at Shilpagram there um, mm. there's a new management college and they've booked this event uh, the band has started performing and from the side of the stage this like assistant of a cop this cop guy tries to mm. walk onto stage Mm. Um, and I had to politely say no no sir you can't go on stage you know it's mm. not safe this and that um, mm. you know no no I'm request Hindi so hey? I said no no you can't request mm. kar sakte. Der, <laughs> Instagram, this is an Sorry. English show this is not a Hindi show um, <laughs> he put he was slightly tipsy so what I think he must have been four or five drinks down um, huh? he put his assistant cop huh? okay whoever huh? his assistant junior was To start following me on stage or side of stage, wherever I went, with a gun pointed at me. Oh my god! Uh, (laughs) Yeah, literally. So there was a big rifle pointed at me the whole time. And wherever I went, this guy was behind me. So the minute the band got over, I made sure they got on their cars. And at that point, this guy goes to Vishal and starts complaining that I didn't <laughs> let him come onto stage, okay? Um, so Vishal said, sir, don't attention. He doesn't have to do our hmm. doing So, um, uh, so they, the guy then said, okay. And then Vishal, I think, signed something or sang him something I don't even know because I was busy packing <laughs> up the stage. Um, hmm. Next I know the cop yeah. has put his entire force that was at the venue. To follow uh-huh. the band all uh-huh. the way to the hotel from the venue. like um, s- Security or just talking? Like, like, no, no, all is security. Okay. Like all <laughs> the men, like imagine if there were 30 cops and like five uh-huh. different vehicles, put oh them all God. in there to clear the path so we could get back straight to the hotel. Wow. Um, yeah. And um, I got back to the hotel and all the fans have followed these cops. It showed up at the hotel, so oh, suddenly Lord. there two hundred people at the hotel, also trying to take photos of the guys. So um, yeah, we've done lots of entertaining things like that, you know, like so. That is um, nuts. Yeah, so basically, I mean, you had like an entourage. Art. Yeah. Yeah, different. I think I think someone should definitely at some point in the future write a blog or a book or a or something on the tour diaries of of bands or artists traveling in India. And I can't even imagine what the stories... I don't even know what stories will come out of the guys who travel with Bollywood acts. Um, oh, yeah. Their, yeah. their tours and their diaries and their stories are a whole other animal. Um, yeah. Because they do... When they tour, they tour like crazy guys. So, um, like, 8 gigs, 9 gigs, 10 gigs on the trot. Every night they're traveling. They literally yeah. get into a city, play the gig, and bounce to the next city. Yeah. Um, and the kind of things they deal with, and the kind of shows and the kind of things they see. I mean, I can't even it's imagine nuts. what it would be, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Crazy. Shit. But anyway, but thank you. These stories are I, I feel like I know these artists so much better. I feel like I know them very personally now. So thank you so much for these, you know, very insightful stories. Um, talking about all these things that you've had to go through, okay. If if you had to like advice an artist manager on the things that they need to you know how do you upskill as an artist manager what are the five things you would recommend uh, which you both know for sure can add more value to your artist career apart from of course being a bouncer once in a while (laughs) and you know having to like you know shoo away really annoying fans what are these and I'm, I'm talking about like really practical you know skills not just about like reading up and all of that but things that you know they can actually like work on and be more confident about in terms of like how they uh represent the artist or how they you know defend the artist in a certain situation what are what have been your experiences yama please
2: um so i think um anybody who wants to be a artist manager um needs to understand the value of different opinions and perspectives i think um you know everybody you know at the age that they're starting out especially have very strong opinions about a certain set of things. So I think the best way to work into the job is to actually shed all pre-existing notions that you might have about a thing. And... Um, And I think uh, giving the room to the artist to once in a while not be this ideal person that you think they are and -hmm. letting them be their most honest self is, it takes you a long way, you know. Mm -hmm. Then other than that, I think uh, researching your work matters. It's not, you know, I'm one of those people who actually doesn't think that, you know, if you're a very good uh, sort of, uh, you know, somebody who can just tomorrow become your manager, you know, it's a very, it's a job that requires skills. So just because somebody appreciates your music, can't just walk in and take over. the. It's not that generic a job. It's actually very specific, you know, so in that, in that aspect, I think a lot of research Um, on what's going on what are the current trends in your country what the numbers are what the social says and some sort of analysis into the general overall presence of the artist is crucial and Mm. it's not something that just in a day somebody else can take over you know Um, Mm. you have to really be invested in understanding the business at large you know and not just being a big fan it doesn't cut it you know. That and other than that, I think there's a outreach is a big thing, which um, so in India, I think what uh, ends up happening inadvertently is that people sort of uh, service more than they do outreach, you know, so like, let's say there's an incoming uh, query, and you will really sort of handle that well. But uh, when it comes down to times like these, what you can do and actively sort of uh, for your artists is, is also a big question. I mean, you have to pick up the phone on 20 different people and be like, hey, you know, listen to us or hey, this is the music yeah. that I think will work very well with, you know, your brand or your film or your ad or et cetera, et cetera, right? So yeah. that level of sort of active working is really crucial. You can't, I think you're doing a disservice to the artist if you're just passively letting things happen to you you know mm, and I think mm. I learned this the hard way um after after a bunch of years you know I used uh-huh. to be very easy to get content in this whole little bubble that you're doing enough and you know everything yeah. the way you translate it into something that's part yeah. like usually half the job you know the rest mm. of it is active working towards it so um yeah I think this um keeping your eyes and ears open for um for any work opportunity just yeah. like uh a non-artist word, you know any profession does uh, that yeah, kind of thing is yeah. I don't think that the creators really have that sort of headroom to do that yeah exactly so, that and yeah I mean I do think um, analysis of, of the numbers that you see in front of you is really really crucial and you know mm. just keeping up with the trends I think and also yeah. yes because I said that you need to find your voice so yeah be, have opinions and state them and kind of evolve them over time with the added uh ideas of the others is 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 important yeah
0: mm. thank you Anirudh. what about you like what do you think what would you rec- recommend what do you think are the things that add value and also if you could like um give us a few resources that you have probably relied on or referred to to like kind of upskill that would be also that would be really helpful. So,
1: one i think one thing is to just keep your eyes and ears open for mm-hmm. everything that's happening in the world i think mm-hmm. is very very helpful cuz sometimes you'll be able to look at i mean when i started doing this 10 years 11 years ago social media was just mm-hmm. about finding its feet yeah
0: yeah
1: like youtube didn't have things called inorganic growth and things like that <laughs> you know it was all very you put up a video, it'll do well, it'll get views, it'll get visibility. There was nobody from YouTube in India, and you know, you yeah. were trying to figure things out today. Yeah. For an artist, it's so much easier to actually look at accessing data on a real time yeah. basis yeah. Um, and use it to make informed decisions. I don't mean write music based on the algorithms of the world, I don't mm. mean that. I totally feel like Anybody who does that at some point is going to fail, um, you know, like, and I'm all for, you know, like, like real artists writing real music and not looking at, you know, like yeah. use the data to actually inform decisions, which is that things have changed, you know, like many <clears throat> times releasing an, an album versus without having released something in a very long time is actually detrimental to artists. Because you don't have a dedicated invested base anymore because streaming has changed in the last four years so much that, you know, the advent of Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Ghana, Savan, uh, Hangama, Wink, Reso. I mean, there's just so many of them in India Um, and all of them are very open to communicating with artists Um, and being supportive and artists first in the sense that, hey, you have an idea, we'd be happy to back it or you have an idea, let's do something together. Um, mm. there's someone that's very easily accessible to you and I think that's something that all artist managers should totally use to their benefit mm. um, and because I feel like that's something where the west was three four five years ago in streaming mm. you know where mm. uh, today an artist manager cannot reach out to a direct person and a DSP in the west this is a very real thing uh, yeah. you cannot like like I had this idea where I was like, hey, why don't we actually find the top 20 or 10 curators of playlists on Spotify or the, on YouTube and all of that and actually like send them a package and I got told mm. like that's illegal. You can't what? do that. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, what in the West, in India, every, in India, everybody gets away with a lot of things. Because yeah. they don't want, <laughs> they don't look at it as, um, because things are a lot more structured there and they don't mm. like the idea of favoritism and the idea of that happening um Mm. that being said on the sly i'm sure there's enough people talking to enough people so yeah people at the back end are always talking to people i mean but um having said that um the advent of data is very helpful um using it to make informed decisions is definitely helpful Uh, Mm. being open to trying out new things they may not always work is very helpful because there are new social media platforms that are coming up and will may not, may not even survive a year, but mm. exist today and can actually help you grow your base mm. uh, in the short term. Um, mm. Unfortunately, social media is the way to connect with your fans. Um, I say unfortunately because I feel like, you know, a lot of artists get stuck in the rat race of so I have to keep putting out content to stay relevant and to keep my numbers up and all of that. Um, and sometimes that pressure takes away from the creativity of the artist.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That
1: being said, there are so many artists who have actually embraced it in their own ways in the last year. And I've, mm-hmm. you've seen that in so many different ways of how people have succeeded from, you know, things like reels and things like shorts and things yeah. like, like India, the, in, the beauty right now for artist managers to know is that India is almost like a test market for short form content in the world. Um, yeah. Like reels launched here before it launched in the West. Shorts on YouTube is launched here before it's launched in the U.S. Um, so all platforms are looking at India as a very crucial market and it's a good place to be uh, with your talent in terms of from a social point of view. Um, from a from an otherwise point of view, I mean, just if you want to be in the music business, you should probably subscribe to some of the music journals that exist. There's Redef. Um, there's uh, Redef meaning not R-E-D-I-F-F. It's yeah, I was just e-mail. like, "Hey, isn't that a um, default website?" No, there's a, there's a, there's one, there's a guy who basically aggregates the best articles and sends you an email literally every day. Um, oh wow! So it's called okay. it's called Redef. Um, okay. if you are into hip hop, there are a bunch of them which I um, don't follow personally, but they exist. Um, okay. If you are into um, like websites like Music Business Worldwide, if you're interested yeah, in yeah. knowing what large companies or what artists are doing internationally on a large scale is definitely something to do the best way to get to know about things is actually if you want to follow an artist or if you want Mm. to follow the journey of what somebody is doing digitally either follow them on social media or actually set up google alerts to actually get alerts for those artists with those keywords and you get an email once a day or multiple times a day depending on how you schedule it Mm. Um, and use the keyword and it gives you a lot of data that way you know mm-hmm. so that and i mean just be open to trying new things you know yeah. um it doesn't matter today in fact that's the beauty of where social media is going they don't right. care the new platforms the social media platforms don't care that you have 20000 followers or 30000 followers they just care about the content and how good it is and you know, like if you're able to build an audience and there's so many artists in the last two years who've actually found a way to connect with audiences by just doing things that they would do otherwise in their right. bedroom, but now just putting it out on social media. Um, yeah. And then they go and get, I mean, there's, there's this guy called Sam, I don't know his last name, who basically say has the most high-pitched, beautiful voice that you and I would have ever heard. And he sings everything high-pitched from share to you know, like um, like Metallica wow. to anything and Dream Theater. Um, uh-huh. And he's gone and got signed to a label now and he's actually like putting out his music. So, so cool. you know, like, and he became a, a lockdown sensation last year. So things like that are starting to happen there. I mean, we yeah. have our own Yashraj Mukhatais of the world who are doing yeah. what they do here in yeah. their own way. And so, I mean, social media is a weird place. Mm. Uh, it can be great and it can be negative at the same time, some of us mm. love it, some of us hate it, mm. uh, but use it to your benefit and be positive about it and you'll see the benefits in time, you won't see it immediately but mm. you'll learn to connect with people Kamakshi mm. put out a cover of O Sanam some 4-5 months ago mm. somehow Kusha found it and started Kusha Kapila found it last week and started sharing it mm. um, and she put out the full cover and there have been a bunch of just organic reach happening out of Bollywood, um, just out of a cover for her. Someone who, um, you know, who otherwise only wants to focus on her own music, the fact that she actually agreed to put out a full version of a cover in the last six months. I mean, and that's done, that's found its audience on social media. You never know, you know. You never know,
0: exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's so... uh, I mean that's so true because you never know what really clicks you might be trying so hard in one direction when it's like uh you do something casually in the other direction and it works really well for you and it's just like hey why didn't i do this sooner no so yeah i think keeping having that open mind is great and as an artist manager spotting that and making sure your artist is also open to new experiences think that's it's yeah that's i mean and also be
1: ready for your artist to evolve many times you know you'll have an artist who today wants to be very dark and very like moody and very like want all his content and visuals (laughs) and social media to be perfectly aligned that way and Mm. then suddenly something switches in their life and they don't want that anymore and that's Mm. fine that's who they are and i think that's what makes Uh, artists real I mean we are all so fixated to one particular visual of somebody and we expect them to Mm. stay there you know rather Mm. than actually evolve with time Um, it's those things that I think are things that we as artist managers sometimes forget Mm. and realize that artists are human beings and they will change today they're in a dark place tomorrow they can be in a very positive happy supportive place you know yeah
0: yeah that's so true cool I mean you know I really wish we had like I had so much more time like talking to you guys because there's so many things that I personally also want to know and I think I'm sure these are things that you know whoever's tuning in also want to like figure out but I think we're moving towards the end of our session and I just wanted to like you know ask you I'll start with you Yama like what do you think what makes Big Bad Wolf Tick as an artist management firm is uh, not I mean I, I know it's hard to not be biased, but uh, you've interacted with other artist managers for sure. You've you've seen your artists perform. You've seen other artists perform. Uh, what is it that you feel as uh, is Big Bad Wolves' USP?
2: Um, where I think. You know, honestly, I could go on about
0: about Big Uh, (laughs) bad world,
2: But uh, I think we're um, we're a people-first company. um, Mm. And in the sense that by people, I don't mean artists. I mean people who work behind the artists, right? Mm. This job in general, I mean, a good manager is the manager that's disappearing in the background, is never outwardly visible, Mm. right? Mm. And so there's very little so to say, nobody claps for you when you do the job well, right? Mm. And uh, somehow Big Bad Wolf has always been that company that will clap louder for you than the artist, you know? So Mm. I think um, I remember releasing my first single, um, uh, you know, and not knowing how to go about it because I had (laughs) zero idea how things worked, right? Mm. And um, I remember bugging everybody at work about, okay, what do I do next? And what do I do next? And these guys being there, like, um, like a mentor I had like five mentors sitting sitting right there right and mm. um, when it did end up coming out uh, they weren't clapping for the artist I mean they were happy that this artist has been able to achieve what they wanted to with their art but uh, mm. but largely they were clapping for you right so it's a very I mean I, I, I'm i not even ashamed to say it but we're a very emotional company you know we're all sort of mm. always um, kind of <laughs> each other on the back and telling each other what we do right or wrong you know and Mm. um, and you know despite everything um, the drama that comes with artist management Mm. this is the one steady thing you know and um, you know I remember this was uh, this is the first year I was working at Big Bad Wolf and uh, Veer and Alien Chutney was what I was um, managing I mean touring with not entirely managing along with Mm. my friend colleague (laughs) Pallavi Um, Mm. Uh and Dhruv, uh, Dhruv called me and you know I was like so you know I just got a call at this late hour I don't know do I have to do this kind of a thing mm-hmm. and he was mm-hmm. like listen man you need to be the person that if XYZ artist loses their credit card you're the first person they call you're the person they call before they call the police you know so yeah. you're you're going to be that person and if you're okay with it only then sort of tread lightly into this whole realm otherwise it's really going to uh, you know mm-hmm. break you you know and um, yeah <laughs> and all of these, our existence is very sort of full of these anecdotes and, and one-liners, you know, and I keep making fun of it. But honestly, that that's what keeps me going. The fact that mm-hmm. there is there is this team of 10 people who's just sitting and making sure that you're doing okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anirudh and I have had very odd patches uh, with our artists uh, individually and the way he was there when um, things were rough, it, It's it's, I mean there was no way I could possibly tell a friend about it there was no way I could uh, make my family understand what this whole scene is you know and um, mm. in that moment having a person like that with some insight and support and perspective it means yeah. everything so yeah man exactly. like <laughs> so you, so you get the idea right how yeah uh, yeah happy I am at work you know yeah so that's that's about Big Bad Wolf that's what sets it apart that it's out here looking for you it's your your place it's the safe space it's home
0: that's I mean that's such a I think that's like a phenomenal compliment you know for any company to receive and as an employer to to have that vibe it's when you're not just looking at it as a job right I think that's that's amazing, and that kind of connection that you have with the artists and what you do for them, and more importantly, what you do for yourselves as managers and looking out for each other. Mm-hmm. So, and Anirudh, you've been with uh, Big Bad Wolf for what six yes. years? No, you've been with them right from the beginning. Right? Six yeah. Years, yeah, yeah. So, um, what is what is its vision or mission rather as India's? I would think India's leading artist management firm. So
1: yeah i would i would go into actually saying that i don't know if we have like a mission to be very honest Mm. you know like and i don't because i just think that we work with so many different things Mm. um i think um overall mission as a talent agency has always been or as an artist management agency if you want to call it that um is to actually impact lives in whatever Mm. way we can um And make a change and make ourselves felt valued within the system. Mm.
0: Um,
1: Dhruv's always been super supportive of anyone coming at him with any idea. It Mm. could be as radical an idea or could Mm. be as mundane an idea. Um, Mm. He's always there to listen to you, to hear you out from everything from hey, should we be doing this in this COVID environment (laughs) to, you know, like, um, you know, like. What do you want to do with a situation that's not normal? Um, do something as stupid as your personal life. You know, here's mm. some. I think we've sort of grown as a business in the last three, four years, very mm. sizably from a from a small team of seven, six or seven of us to actually grow to 23, 24 people that we are now. Um, mm. It's grown to a point where um, we now, I mean, our overall mission, like I said, is and should be and would be like any talent agency is to impact the lives of the artists Mm. first and foremost. And Mm. in whatever way that means for that particular artist, for some artists it's about, I need my year booked out, you know, that's a priority and uh, I want to be doing good projects uh, and I want to secure myself. For some artists, Mm. it's like, I want to take time to find myself to get there and we don't have That this is the only way you can function, sort of a way of working with people. Um, And that's who we are. And that's what I think has shaped us as a business and as a team of crazies, as I call Mm. it, because (laughs) everyone within the business has their own bunch of perspectives, their own bunch of egos, their own bunch of opinions. And there is no right or wrong in this situation. You know, it's it's about, you know, like (laughs) presenting it in the best way possible to the world and being there behind the scenes we're not going to be the people in the front when mm-hmm. i mean we are the front to the client but we are never the ones on stage like yeah. getting a shout out you know we're not the people expecting to you know be like idolated by fans uh, that's not who we are we are the people who actually help make a lot of that happen and mm-hmm. put on smiles on people's faces for me like personally i think the biggest thing we did was in 2019 at the end of everything Uh, Mm. We did a show in Delhi with Prateek uh, where we had close to 9,000 people actually show up in the cold winter, right at the peak of the CAA stuff going on in India. Um, Mm. And just to see people smiling and having such a lovely time and just singing along to every single song. I think for us, I think those are moments that I think we cherish for for whatever we do, you know, and that's what defines who we are and what we do. Mm. Um, making sure that everybody that left left with a smile on their face Um, and in whatever way that is you know it could be as simple as I got a photo with Prateek to have as simple that hey I got to watch my favorite artist live. So things like that that I think are things that actually make us equally excited about what we do and who we are. Um, Mm. Like Yama said I mean Dhruv's always been the first one to say, you know, I stand behind my people before I stand behind my behind anybody else, and yeah. I'll back my people to know to the hilt, and that's who we are, first mm. and foremost. Mm. Um, because um, yes, we exist because of the artists, but we also exist because we want to exist. Yeah, um, and yeah. Uh, that's something that I think in the last few years, a lot of us have actually realized that, um, and sort of like figure we're sort of like figuring that out for ourselves um are mm. we're, we're a company that's evolved from being like just exposed to like two or three things to actually now having a very wide range of interests around the yeah. around the business and across the business and um the fact that then the basis stays the same you know like are we having a good time are we enjoying ourselves are we excited to go to work every day i mean those yeah. are the things that actually like put a smile Not on a... Roo's face and put a smile on our face, you know, like about what we do and how we operate as a, as a team and as a collective. You
0: know? Yeah. I mean, I think that says so much about the, I, I mean, I don't want to call it a company because it just feels so like, you know, cold when I say company. It's like, yeah. I just, I think organization firm is just like, feels more cozy and more I think appropriate to to an environment family, like, just call it a family yeah it's just like you and you know I mean I I I don't know I don't know if uh if I had sent that me when I started off like five years ago when I decided to like jump into the music industry so I I mean I I know Stuti because we studied in the same law school and uh mm. I reached out to Dhruv with this massive rant about you know how I want to do something for the music industry, and you know, this is what I have in mind, and I don't know where to begin. And he was so sweet about it, he just like just follow your heart, just there is no plan, don't plan it. Oh, and I was just like, it's true though. Plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is very true. It is very true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, and you know that 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 actually now, when I think about it in hindsight, like with all the stuff that you have told me, it made it makes so much sense because I just I just didn't plan after that. I just went with the flow and I realized, okay, going into the legal side of things actually made sense because there wasn't really anyone doing it. And I got this opportunity to talk to so many people and actually interact with people who made a difference, not just to my life, but to like uh, to the work that I put out as well. So that just makes it all the more special. And, you know, it's just I don't know, I guess it's just it's it's a great role to be in. It's tough, I know, because it's just it takes a huge toll on you emotionally as well, because you're that involved with their artist, but it's, it's a, I mean, I really love the work you guys do. So congratulations and thank you for doing what y'all are doing. <laughs> so, yeah, but that brings me to this question. Is mm-hmm. artist management a feasible career option? It seems like it from what I've heard, but I mean, you, you, I want to hear it from you. Like, what would you, what would you, what would your advice be to people know who are aspiring to become artist managers because i do have people reaching out and saying you know i want to be an artist manager how do i go about it and i really don't have an answer so i'm looking to both the
1: truth is is, i mean if you ask yama when she decided to want to do this to Mm. what she's doing today is it the same ideals dream that she had then uh (laughs) what it is today i don't know Like. Because a lot of us actually came in with a very different understanding of what the music business is. Like I came from, you know, like coordinating with two people to get some random club gigs where we got paid 3,000 rupees a gig. Uh, Hmm. Actually, that's what we used to get paid. That's what bands used to get paid to play in clubs. Bands today are spoiled for choice and actually get paid 20,000 rupees the minute they start playing or writing their guitars. (laughs) <laughs> um, no offense to the band and I'm so happy that they make money so we make some money but yeah. um, but I think it comes down to you know like um, it's definitely a lovely career and it's definitely a lovely place to be to actually impact lives mm. both when I mean like you're impacting your artist's life as well as impacting people who are consuming what your artist is giving mm. them you know you're involved in a creative plus business role um, mm. which is, there are not too many places in the world where you actually get to do this, um, yeah. in my opinion. Um, is it easy? No. Is it is it tough? Depends how you look at it. Is it financially viable? Maybe not in the beginning. Is it going to be financially viable in the long run? We all hope so. That, mm. I mean, those are the true the true analogies of what I feel the music business is, but it's an exciting place to be. It's mm. definitely a, a place to get to experience so many different things on the road to actually discovering a lot of things that are behind the scenes Um, you get to see and you get a window into the lives of things that you otherwise wouldn't get to see ever you know like um, and that's what's special and that's what's fun and that's what's exciting rather than you know like the way a lot of people looked at it which was you know like it's all going to be amazing no a lot of it will be shit I mean but that's the fun (laughs) It's putting it all together that makes it fun.
0: I know. I'm sure, like a lot of the incidences that you've like, you know, mentioned uh, in the last like one hour plus, at when at the time that you went through, you must have been shitting your pants. But like now, you can look back at it and laugh at it, and I'm sure you've learned
1: something out of it. I so, still, I yeah. still shit my pants about things, <laughs> and I don't understand. Sometimes I laugh at it. I'm like, why am I still so stressed about this? That's <laughs> I sh- I mean I have eleven years of having done this. Like I shouldn't be stressed about this, but sometimes it does impact you, you know, in a different way. Um, yeah. you know, and you have a different perspective on something uh from somebody else and it means a lot to you,
0: which mm. is different
1: from how it me how it's meaning and impacting somebody else. Um yeah. yeah, I mean those things are the things that you know are where we're at as a business, you know. That's beautiful. Yama, Yama can
0: do, do you have any words of advice? So,
2: I actually want to go back to what you said, Sandhya, about uh, people asking you whether or not um, it's a it's a good, feasible, so to say, career option. I yeah. think it boils down to literally uh, one thing for me. If um, the people who ask you these questions, are they... Are they asking a thing because they're fans of a certain artist or do they actually have some skill, you know, because mm-hmm. if you apply for any other job, you would want to know, hey, can I sit at this desk at, I don't know, a bank? Uh, the first question would be, hey, do you have the qualifications to do that? Right. Exactly. So Exactly just asking hey maybe I should be this XYZ's manager because I love their music then, mm. then do what the fan would do buy their merch, show up to every single gig, buy, them tic- buy their tickets hustle for them, make a big noise about them in- on social media write about them you know whatever field you're in you can still contribute to the band's career in small I mean it's indie music we're talking about right every single share post, like, listen counts right if you bought a t-shirt that counts because the money goes back to the artist right so in those things I think if you're looking at it as a fan then the first thing you should do is do all the other things you know be a good fan first and if Mm -hmm. you're actually qualified to do these things then yeah then think about exactly exactly uh, if you are a people person, if you like networking, if you're emotionally stable to actually understand uh, <laughs> different opinions and be criticized and all of that, because it's a, it takes a toll on you. It's not a joke, you yeah. know, like, you yeah. know, it, it, it's, uh, so if you're sure of all these things, then sure, like, I mean, trying out uh, this thing as a career option is phenomenal. Like, it's amazing. Every single day is new and uh, great okay. in its own way. So yeah. then it's fine. But uh, yeah, I think there's this basic filtering that needs to be done and yeah. hard questions to be asked before you pick this as a career, you know?
0: And I mean, this is more in terms of like from a very practical perspective, like if like you, so now if someone picks on all these points, right? And they want to like initiate a career, how do they make that first step? Like, is it approach the band directly or is if they have a band in mind or is there, uh, I mean... From as far as I know, there's like Big Bad fool has like been around for the longest time and done the best kind of work. And it's not as easy as just applying, right? You need to have like space to take in a new artist manager, have artists to like uh, you know kind of allocate to the person as well. So I guess it's easier to start off with a band that you follow and that you've done all this groundwork for, and maybe you've become friends with the band and they have reached like a stage where they they're looking for a manager and then you want to take that first step of getting into artist management. Does that make sense?
2: That is, that is one route of things. Uh, The Mm. other thing is uh, more research. Why don't you look at um, how many agencies have popped up uh, talent management management agencies have popped up in the past few years itself. Right. So, Research who um, is is sort of being managed by whom, and um, if you think that there's, there's something you can add, then apply to that agency because that mm-hmm. itself gives you a very broad idea of the culture in itself of the of the industry, right? So, yeah, uh, approaching an artist, I mean, that's obviously one option. The other way to look at it is, um, you know, already existing agencies. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That, I mean. I can't thank you both enough for the amount you have shared today because honestly, I mean, the purpose of this podcast was precisely this. That, like, we don't have any information on the music industry in India. And even if we do, it's kind of like half-baked. We'll probably get it through like a few articles, you know, written in newspapers. There's no like one consolidated place that people can go. And artist management is one topic that almost everyone voted for. So I had done like a, like a little poll on, you know, what what topic do I cover and artist management came like it it won like by a fairly significant margin so I because I then I realized there's barely anyone talking about how artist management runs in India and I really honestly couldn't think of anyone better so thank you thank you so much for you know spending time with me on a Sunday evening and sharing all your experiences and whatever you have learned in these years of your careers so and I you know, I, I hope to see and meet both of you in person sometime soon. And like, you know, we should like catch up and just share more gossipy stories and fun anecdotes of what you guys, you know, experienced. I think, um, so yeah. And if, I think if anyone wants to reach out to you for, is it, can I hand, can I, you know, put them in touch with you? Is it, is that okay? Can I share your email address in the description? Yeah. Perfect all right so yeah thank you and and uh, I you know have a great uh, Sunday and have a great rest of the week I'll speak to you guys soon take care and thank you everyone for tuning in Uh, I hope you all enjoyed today's session if you do need more information on Big Bad Wolf you'll find more details in the description below so thank you so much and have a great evening